0: we hear in this time, this place? What are we made for? Our lives have purpose. God has a calling for each one of us. General. Specific. In our families, our workplaces, our church, our city, our country, our world.
1: something beautiful in both. Why am I here? What was I made for? What am I supposed to do with my life? These are and always will be important questions that linger in our mind. Sometimes we face them head on, sometimes we just turn up the noise so we don't hear them because the answers we receive so far are less than satisfactory. This series is called Calling and it speaks directly to the question of meaning and purpose. The Bible presents a story in which an infinite God calls us into a relationship with Him that leads to a life we were meant to live. If you've been following this series, perhaps you've realized that this call of God is far more comprehensive than we might've thought at first. It touches our family life, our work life, it touches our church, it even speaks to our relationship to our city and our nation. And today we're gonna realize it revolutionizes our perspective on the world. God calls us to a relationship with Him. He also calls us to a task, and that task is not only to our local uh, place where we live, but also to our nation, and beyond that, to the world. God has a big job for us to do. As a youth, sometimes you take a job, not because you like it, but because you need the money. I had several of those. One of the jobs I had was as a carpenter's helper, get the wood, clean up the scraps, nail this board, do what I say and don't say much. I couldn't wait every day for the day to end. I also had a job one time uh, driving a pea combine. And so my, my job was to sit on a tractor and pull the combine so that it stayed straight um, on the rows of the peas at a blistering speed of like a couple of miles per hour. It was so boring. I, sang every song that I knew, I tried every trick that I could to stay engaged and awake. Sadly, I think sometimes this illustrates what for some of us is our Christian faith and the reason for it. Uh, we wanted our debt paid. We wanted our sins forgiven. But like a job taken simply for the money, our idea of Christianity was strictly transactional. There's no greater purpose and it's void and dull. But it's tragic, too, when you think of what Jesus has called us into as we listen to his words today. We're going to read out of Matthew chapter 28, verse 16. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore." and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Now, if you've been a follower of Jesus for any length of time, you're probably familiar with these verses. We even have a label for them. They're called the Great Commission. And usually when we hear the Great Commission, we think, oh, it's a commandment to go. But really the commandment is not so much to go. It's already assumed that we will go. It would be better to understand the words as having gone or going, make disciples. Make disciples is the main clause. Make disciples is the job that we were given to do. So when we said yes to Jesus, we were given something to do every day make disciples. When you get up in the morning, you are not unemployed. And when you go to the job you get paid for, to work, within that is a call to be one who makes disciples. Now, by definition, a disciple is a learner. It's a person who has found their identity in Jesus Christ, hence baptism, and then learns Jesus, learns who he is, and experiences Jesus, and then learns about his ways and walks in them as they touch every facet of life as Jesus said, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. This great commission removes a lot of the frustration of an aimless life. We are not unemployed. We are not like one who has a job and they don't know what to do, an employee who doesn't have a job description. And we are not given a task that has no challenge to it. The the commissioned Christian lives a life that is anything but dull. Make disciples of all nations. That word nations there is in the original language is the word ethne. It refers to ethnicities. We are to make disciples of all people groups. You might remember we talked about the nations, how God recognizes them. He directs them. He responds to them. Bob Roberts Jr., who pastors a super dynamic church. They planted hundreds, literally hundreds of churches. Some of those globally says this in his book, Transformation. Throughout the Old and New Testaments, we see that the nations are important in God's economy, and discipleship is set within the context of community. Jesus commands us to make disciples of nations, all nations, not merely individuals. Youth with a Mission is a Christian organization that has had an incredible international reach. One of their core values states this, We are called to make God known throughout the whole world, and into every arena of society through evangelism, training and mercy ministries, think social justice. We believe that salvation of souls should result in transformation of societies, thus obeying Jesus' command to make disciples of all nations. Bob Roberts says that we should stretch our thinking beyond individuals to think about the daunting task of engaging entire nations and in infrastructures to make disciples of all nations. Now, one of the most frustrating things of a job is when you're given something to do and you don't have the resources to carry it out. It's difficult in life too when we don't have the resources that we need to live well. When Jesus commissions his disciples, he provides for them exactly what they need. He gives of himself. He says, the one who has all authority, Jesus says, and I will be with you. In Acts chapter 1, before Jesus has ascended and the disciples are getting ready for, for, to carry out their mission, Jesus says to them, he says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. When Jesus speaks of the the different regions, he's not saying that you need to start in Jerusalem and when you've done that well, then you can expand it. No, he's saying you need to have a comprehensive view to go to all places, right to the ends of the earth, to have a global vision. And as you do, he says, my Holy Spirit will work in and through you. Jesus also told his disciples elsewhere that the Holy Spirit will go ahead of them and he'll be at work convincing people of sin, of righteousness and judgment that they will come to Him. We are not left to ourselves. God has given us the ultimate resource to carry out His great commission, Himself. We also have each other. I mean, let's face it, I can hardly put a dent in this call to make disciples of all nations. Neither can you. It will take the collective effort of churches and denominations and parachurch organizations working collaboratively together. But in that, Central Heights has said, we want to play our part in the call of God to make disciples of all nations. It's been in our DNA right from the start, and it's reflected in our vision statement today. A movement of more and growing followers of Jesus, developing healthy churches for the glory of God and the flourishing of our city and the world. At the heart of our vision statement is the ultimate why for what we do, for the glory of God of God. Going back to our text in Matthew chapter 28. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him. So in context, meeting Jesus and being a worshiper is the start of the Great Commission. In other words, what we do is first rooted in who Jesus is and what he's done for us. And the disciples worship. I don't think they had a guitar and they had song sheets and they handed them out and everybody began to sing. I think as they saw the Messiah, the Promised One, the Son of God, who they knew had given His life away for them and then rose from the dead so that they could have forgiveness and enter into a relationship with God, both in the present and for eternity, they could not help but worship. And their ultimate desire was that others would do that too. So in the Great Commission, we should so desire that people would come to know Christ and that nations would be transformed because of the good that it does for them, that it brings peace where there is division, that it brings generosity where there is poverty, that it brings justice where there is injustice. But there's a greater why, that God would be worshipped and that he would get the glory that he deserves. Together, for the glory of God, let's make disciples of all nations. Now, that is the general call for all of us, for every member of the body of Christ. And within that, there are so many ways that God calls us to respond in a specific way. So when a person is hospitable to an international student, builds a relationship with them, and shares the hope that they have in Jesus and that student commits their life to Christ and takes it back home with them, that's responding to the global call of God. When a person sponsors a compassion child and helps to not only care for their needs, but connects them to a local church, in a foreign country so they can hear about the good news of Jesus Christ, that's responding to the call. When a person invests through the Thanksgiving offering generously to help partner with other ministries that are doing work, disciple-making work in Asia, like Multiply, YWAM, and also Send, that is responding to the call of God. When a person joins a team and goes to our partner church in Guadalajara, Mexico, Lacantera, to help them with their outreach and to encourage the church, that is responding to the call. When a person volunteers to be an online mentor with Power to Change and are connected with people who've actually filled out a form to say, I want to know more, that is responding to the call. When a person invests in prayer by praying through the global daily, each day for a different missionary and the needs that they might have, that is responding to the call of God. God is at work by His Spirit calling people in specific ways to His general call for all of us together to make disciples of all nations. And in that call, some of us are sent and some support as they are sent. And today we're gonna hear from some of those who have responded to the call of God in a very specific way and gone to another country as we have supported them. As you hear their stories, listen for what you can pray for, but also be inspired how God is with them in those places as you think about where is God also calling you knowing that the one that has risen from the dead, who has all authority says, as we take on this great commission together for the glory of God to make all this, to make disciples of all nations, he says, I will be with you. Um, MAF stands in, in a real gap in
2: Indonesia to fulfill uh, transportation needs and to be able to, to like pretty much shrink the island down to uh, an hour's journey instead of like weeks that it would take to get places. What we've been able to do as MAF in Papua is to allow others and different mission organizations, uh, missionaries, doctors, and then the sick to shrink, basically shrink this distance or the time that it takes to get things done. And uh, that really facilitates then just the way that um, the church can function and you know that comes when we, when we get rid of people's uh, like needs, right? Because when we meet people's needs with food or uh, with medicine or education, then they can learn about the gospel. They can uh, open their lives up, not thinking only about what they're going to eat and drink. But then, you know, when I'm sick. What am I going to do? My child is dying, or whatever. They can uh, move from those places in their lives to coming into the church and to recognize the grace that, that Jesus has for us all.
3: For me, um, when we were preparing to go back overseas after living in Indonesia for seven years beforehand, so I had looked at um, the school, the school that is there, and it's a American curriculum school, our kids attend there, and I had seen that they need a, needed a choral director, or a choir teacher, or whatever. So, um, in my heart, I had a dream to do that, to fill that role. And long story short, God orchestrated that. And I ended up teaching choir music for two years, did four musicals with the kids, drama, singing. So um, it's, it was a dream come true that God orchestrated that. And it was not without uh, a very big hassle uh, with um, paperwork but it worked out and God fulfilled that desire of my heart. And also um, around that same time when we were in Canada preparing to go back overseas, I was interested in, I have, um, God has given me um, a people group that I'm interested in. And so I was looking for that people group within Papua. So Papua uh, is in Indonesia. It's not Papua New Guinea, it's just the far eastern part of Indonesia. So I was looking, kind of relating the Papua with this people group and I found this this paper and um, it was about this particular people group that was called Papuan Malay. That evening we got together with old friends that had been our neighbors in language school and they now live in Canada here, where they're from. And I had said to, I said to her that evening, I said, what is so-and-so doing? And and this was someone we both were friends with. I asked how she was doing. And my friend shared that she was working with the people group that I just read about that day. So I emailed this old friend, this, this common friend that we had and asked her about her work and whatnot. And she said that they were already using Sunday school curriculum that I had drawn with that people group. That people group that I had been interested in that morning They already already had Sunday School materials that I had drawn, and so I was able to then get involved with this language translation project for this people group and illustrate and um, edit materials, and we've now uh, made two out of maybe five packets, so we've done two publications now and they each are maybe about 10, the first one's 10 stories, 10 weeks of sunny school curriculum. And the second one is maybe 10 or 12 or something. But um, they both are published now. And so to see the pictures of um, the materials there and the team praying over them, and then in another picture recently, the materials of the first packet being given received by a church. So that's, that's pretty special. So both of those things are ways that God stirred something in my heart, gave me a desire, and then fulfilled that, or is fulfilling that.
2: God's gonna bring those opportunities at the right time, and it's just a matter of like opening my ears, I guess, to hear that. Oh, like this is the time to share with Haris, or you know, um, this person needs to be encouraged, or I need to stop and shake hands with this person and see what they're doing, and. What are they up to? How can how can they be encouraged? That we would take those opportunities and when they're there, that we wouldn't skirt around them because it's easy to do that, right? Feels uncomfortable. You don't feel like, oh, I want to really reach out. Sometimes you don't feel like reaching out because you're tired or whatever, but it really needs to be uh, the Holy Spirit that just prompts us and like, just gives us that strength to do it at the right times. And I think that's what's going to make the difference. Yeah, I just ask for prayer that, that we would just really be strengthened with, um, with the power of the Spirit in that way, that when He prompts us that we will be willing to, to act on those things and not to shy back because, you know, we should proclaim the gospel. It's like the power of God for those who believe, right? Just, it's right there and we need to just proclaim that and to, to share when, when it's time to share.
4: Over the last five years in Thailand, I've mainly worked with young women who've been arrested and incarcerated, mostly for selling drugs, some for running prostitution rings, a few for murder. God has opened wide the gates to the main detention center, juvenile detention center in Chiang Mai, and we've been invited in to build relationships with these girls, teach the Bible, worship and pray with them. Many of these girls come from animistic tribal groups, so they've never heard about Jesus. Over the years, the last five years, we've seen God just transform so many lives, um, healing wounded hearts, revealing truth that these girls are fully known, loved, and pursued by their Creator. Many of these girls have never heard that they have value. Without the opportunity for a different or better future, what usually happens is after completing a two to four year sentence, these girls are released and rearrested. And then the next time their sentence is longer and now they're in the women's prison. Many of the girls that come into the juvie we see are confused and actually hate their own gender because since they were young, they've endured physical and sexual abuse from the men in the villages and horrifically from men in their own families. And so they they think their only option to escape that form of abuse is to become a boy. And in fact, many of them have heard since they were young, that it was a disappointment that they weren't born boys. And so they've spent years trying to transition into abandoning everything about them that's female, physically and emotionally. And God has just given us this incredible privilege to get to know these girls, to build relationships and trust with them, to pray with them, to speak truth into their life and to see them delivered and and pray salvation with them. And many of them over the years have chosen Christ as Lord. During COVID, all the prisons across Thailand were closed for many, many months. But the first day that our team was able to go back in, eight girls prayed to receive Christ. And now next month, we are seeing a baptism happening. Can we get a praise God? Yeah, it's amazing how faithful God is. His spirit is moving when the doors are closed to us and we're frustrated by that. God's spirit is still moving and softening hearts and preparing them to hear the gospel and to embrace the Father's love. We would love to see these girls return home to their families and their villages. Uh, We would love to see churches planted in these villages because of the testimony of these girls, the changed lives, the the transformation of their lives. Many of these girls, when they go back home are forced into arranged marriages with older men who aren't faithful and aren't kind. Uh, it's presumed that when you go back home you will help your family earn money and often it's illegal. So once again they face the, the, the risk of, of being imprisoned again. It's incredibly difficult for these girls who are now new believers to go back home and be the only believer in their family and in their village. So our... our Team has formed a program called Freedom Trades, and we offer girls an opportunity to have a safe landing, to learn a work ethic, a marketable skill, to be discipled, to plug into the local church where they're equipped, where they understand the importance of church and fellowship, where they grow in, in maturity. And our hope is and our prayer is that God would stir the hearts of the Thais in the church to form mission teams to go back with these girls to their villages and share the gospel, encourage them to to go back home. Yeah, so our fervent prayer these days is to see the Thai church, the local Thai church, embrace these girls and go back home with them. For myself and my son, his name is Maceo. he's six years old, he's Thai. We are longing to go back to Thailand. We are exiled here to Canada for a season. Thailand's borders are still closed due to COVID. So just pray that we would be trusting God in the waiting, um, in the unknown. It's been it's been hard balancing or being in limbo between two worlds. Um, harder on my son. We've we've moved eight times since we've been back. Um, Pray for opportunity to, to continue to support Rays for our ministries back in Thailand. Our national leaders and our ties have been hit so hard economically because of COVID and lockdown, and, and our hearts just are burdened for them. Pray also for finances for us. While we're here, the longer we're here, the harder it is for, for me financially. I'm still paying rent and bills in Thailand, and, and so that's, that's been tough. Physically, I've been dealing with some issues, and we just pray that God would give some answers and healing before we can go back to Thailand. Pray for miracles while we're here. We're still waiting for documents from Canada, the Canadian government, that would allow us to continue on with our adoption process so that one day, hopefully soon, I will be Maceo's legal mom. And I just want to say thank you, Central Heights family, for your continued friendship and support. I'm so grateful.
5: It's amazing how God is using long-term relationships to bring people to saving knowledge of of himself. And I can, one example is for, uh, it's in 2005, Central Heights and uh, a group of uh, a short-term team to help us with summer camp. And at the end of the summer camp, we had a tournament. We have a game with the- Inline hockey. Inline hockey with, uh, with a local hockey, hockey team. And uh, the next the year later, that hockey team decided to you know, ask us if you want to do a clinic in our summer camp. So we started a clinic of hockey in our summer camp. And out of that came the youth league of that hockey team, and then our kids participated. And uh, during one of those uh, during those long evening practices, we became friends with a lady, another hockey mom. Her name is Emilia. And later on, when we started patchwork classes, she was one of the first one to attend. And with the time, she decided she expressed an interest of reading the Bible with me which led to for her to come to know to come to the church to attend church and later on to came she came to a saving knowledge of jesus christ last summer before we came back to canada she was baptized with another lady that um, her life changed because of a testimony of another family christian family That was a really um touched her heart as well so god is using Long time, long term relationship to bring people to himself.
0: Another way is rather particular, and it's over the last few years that God has raised up people um, from North America, but also within Italy, to come to Italy to address social injustice and the, and the human trafficking problem. And so it's been amazing to see how um, churches and groups have be, have united around this one theme. People are being reached. Going through, uh, our, our colleagues and others are going out onto the streets uh, connecting with these women who are being trafficked sharing the gospel with and sharing with them um, just their lives and uh, seeking to be a help to them so and one by one people are being reached and women are coming off the streets and finding um, new life in Jesus Christ so that's those are two significant ways that we see God working in Italy today so I just mentioned this and in fact I didn't say that the name is, is, is the Alliance of uh, Radiant Treasures is this alliance of uh, people who are seeking to um, help women off the streets. But unity is a huge issue in Italy. That's one of the exceptions, probably the one only exception that I know of. Uh, we we often see in Italy that the church in Italy is small and well divided. And it's probably small largely because it is divided. Um, divided within, divided without, divided between each other. So I would say we would really want to pray to see God work um, a greater manifestation of the unity we have in Christ among the churches. Well we're on on an unusual, well it's on a one-year home assignment, um, and we would just ask prayer that during this time that we would attend well to what God is doing in us and around us. That we would be listening to his Spirit, that we would be preparing for whatever he has in in the future for us um, as we plan to go back uh, to Italy next summer. that we would learn the, the lessons, we would be retooled in the ways that he wants us to be, but especially we would learn to be attentive to his voice. That's what I would ask.